That's it. No more Mr. Nice Duck. Let the female creature go. Every duck's got his limit, and you scum have pushed me over the line. Jimmy, do you like to see what I see? A talking duck? Yeah, that's it. I've been doing too much toot. Shoot! Fly away! Shoot. No one laughs at a master of quack foo. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the superverse. One star. I need to take a shower immediately. And what is that in reference to? Well, of course, it's in reference to this week's movie, Howard the Duck. Is shout that out your to, uh, comment? I wish I had this first. No, that shout out to Karsten on Letterboxd for that perfect summation of whatever the fuck this was. Thanks, Karsten. Karsten. Um, so this has been much anticipated, mostly by me. I mean... I think everybody's been anticipating this one way or another for their entire lives. We saw it. Howard. Howie. Like, the first question mark Marvel live action? The first one to get a theatrical release, yes, of any Marvel character ever. And they said, we've got just the duck for this. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean... I probably should have done more due diligence, like, looking into, you know, how this happened. I know a little bit, actually. Okay. Well, please. Now, I'm not looking at any notes, so don't quote me. But my understanding was by this point, this is the 80s, Marvel as a company is not doing so hot. I know. We can hardly believe it. There's a such a time. huge conglomerate. So what they were doing... Because they're making comics. You know, that's their bread and butter. I don't know if you know that. They started out as a comic company. What? (laughs) We're getting a real history lesson right now. (laughs) Anyway, so they were selling off characters, which is how people like Sony have Spider-Man still. But anyway, so they were selling off their different, like, big characters. So they had probably already sold off Spider-Man by this point. Um, they'd kept some of the Fantastic Four characters, like basically the rights to them. So when they were coming to do a movie, like they didn't have that many rights to movies or like rights to characters at this point. So they definitely had more options than just Howard the Duck. But, um, I think that was partly why this movie was made and it was supposed to like give them some money. (laughs) I just don't. Are you fact-checking me? Yeah, well, I thought the stuff with them... I was under the impression that they didn't start selling off the rights until the 90s. 90s? Because I think Sony would have probably jumped on a Spider-Man movie earlier if they had the opportunity, knowing them. Well, they might not have sold off Spider-Man, but, like, they... I think they were already underwater at this point. Well, let's see. They were... Their office was basically, like... In a warehouse somewhere. Yeah. Like a room over a warehouse. Um, 
When Kev came on, things were looking rough. Things were rough. So they had a conference room. This was this was completely voluntary. No one was forced. No, so are no, you saying that none of my history is right? It's right, but it happened like a while after this. Okay. Which I actually think paints this in an even worse light because your history lesson that you just provided, that makes sense if they're like digging through the crates and they're like, okay, it's the 80s. I mean, that's how we got Iron Man. Right, and that went great. But no, this was like George Lucas was like, hey, I've been reading this comic called Howard the Duck, and I think this would be a really great movie. And like literally just went to bat to get this movie made. They they worked with Universal. Uh, someone, one of the producers or whatever was like not 100% on board with George Lucas being involved from the ground up, but I'm just going off Wikipedia here. I mean, that's like pre-prequel George Lucas too. Oh, yeah. He had just made American Graffiti, which I have not seen. Um, yeah. And you'll never guess who lobbied really hard at Universal Studios for this movie to be made. I feel like I know this. Can I get a hint? Uh, it's a name that's frequently dropped on a fellow podcast that you frequently listen to. Rob Reiner. No. No, it's this is a this is a deep cut. Okay. Let me just think. Sydney Scheinberg. Oh my gosh. Sydney? Sydney Scheinberg. <laughs> we mind filling in our audience on the uh, on the little ref here. Um Sydney Scheinberg, R.I.P. Um, is a huge producer in Hollywood. He was uh, behind Back to the Future for one. He talked them. He tried to talk them into having a monkey uh, instead of a dog, um, as Einstein um, famously. Also, I think the character Lorraine is named after his mom or his wife. That's not really what you're asking. Uh, they talk about him on this other podcast they listen to Do Go On, which is where they also talked about Howard the Duck they did an episode on. So I do because think they course. must have mentioned Cindy Scheinberg. Now, Wikipedia also says that Cindy Scheinberg denied being involved. I think he's just covering his ass. And Howard the Duck. Yeah. Because other people were like, oh, yeah, like he like helped us get it made. And now I think he was I like, I totally uh-uh. believe it. He was, he really strongly believed that animals like sell movies. Like, so that animals like needed to be in movies. So this is right up his alley. Hey, if you got to have a, a strong belief in something, also, it seems pretty Leah good. Also, Leah Thompson is in both. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's something I think afoot. we need to come back to that. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, and apparently, um, some of the people that were like, who are these people's names? Katz and Willard Huck and Gloria Katz, who co-wrote American Graffiti with George Lucas. Um, they really thought that a Howard the Duck movie should be animated. Because that makes, that sense. makes sense. But Universal was like, animating would cost a lot of money and take a really long time. And this needs to come out in the summer. So how about we do it live action? They certainly and- didn't spend a lot of money. Well, actually, <laughs> I saw that the uh, duck suit <laughs> for Howard cost $2 million. It's 
It's a drop in the bucket. It's Hollywood. <laughs> Cost $2 million and the mouth barely moves. Did the mouth move? Like, uh, the beak moves so, like, minutely. Uh, just a lot going on. I mean, from the minute that they decided to do this live action, they were in trouble. <laughs> because that's, that's like a real, that's a real grassroots, um, it started a chain reaction, I would say. Well, I feel like George Lucas lost some of his creative spirit because he did um, the first Star Wars movie with, like, um, models. Like, he was able to, like, create such cinematic things on, like, a very low budget. His, yeah. like, first run of it, I guess. Um, and then as time went on, he was like, I've got money and I've got cutting edge technology, so here we go. The CGI of it all really just. Now, the only thing I really enjoyed, not the only thing, the only thing I enjoyed the George Lucas of it all is in the very, very beginning of the movie, there's like a Indiana Jones poster, and I'm pretty sure he's just like poking fun at his old buddy, Steve. Yeah, I And think I like so. that, because... They're famously good friends, and Steven Spielberg was the only person of the group of directors that I hung out with that thought Star Wars would uh, work. Yeah. So there's another fun fact for you. Very fun. I also there was also a uh, twin moons on the Duck World, like twin suns on Tatooine. Yeah, that whole beginning part before they show Howie um, is the best part of the whole movie. Correct. Them showing his apartment. Yes. They really set up this world, and then what happened? He ends up in fucking... Why, why Earth. I, yeah, well, it's on Earth. Earth and in what city? Cleveland. Cleveland, which I thought it was New York City. Because I liked that it, it was it, Cleveland. I'm not... Yeah, it's it's a perplexing decision, but also, like, how many movies are set in Cleveland? I think it's, like, meant to be, like, you're just, like, in Ohio. Also, I'm pretty sure that is straight from the comic that he I, lands in Ohio. I'm sure it is. So... Just to go into a bit more detail on the development of this movie, because I just think a lot of it, the existence of it and the nature of it is such a head scratcher. They immediately, like off the bat, changed his personality from the comics, which he was like, he's like super rude. He's kind of an asshole. Yeah. Um, so they were like, we got to make him nicer because <laughs> we can't, we can't have this guy be the main character. Um, they apparently worked like a lot on finding areas in the screenplay to like use special effects and the satire and story kind of took a back seat. Um, <laughs> and, but like, you know, the writers, they were like, it's, we think this is really in spirit of the comic book and the characters. So, um, an early storyline involved the character being transported to Hawaii because they thought it would be fun to shoot there. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That would have been better. Yes. It would have been way better to be in Hawaii. Because um, then at least we would have been in Hawaii. Right? And then they were just like, yeah, so we like we went back and forth with like light elements and darker suspenseful elements. And Kat stated that some readers were confused by the sexual elements of the screenplay as they were unsure as to whether the film was intended for adults really? or children. <laughs> Funny. I was wondering the same I thing myself. I was feeling a little confused sexually as well. <laughs> Um, absolutely. Uh, the script was also supposed to be like really satirical 
originally, and then they changed it to a like satire of what? Just like I don't know. Just like the tone of it would be like we know what this is. Like more but than like, what it. A satire has to be about like a satire of something. I don't know. I guess it could have been like a like satire of comics? Of, of comics, yeah, or like of. Basically, this I guess it ended up playing straight like this kind of like eighties adventure movie, with a duck as the main character. But I guess the original script like would have just like leaned more into that. They also had to work with Disney lawyers to make sure that he didn't look too much like Donald Duck. Yeah, Very important. They did a pretty good job about that. Yeah. They made one, like. I felt like reference to it when we meet um, what's his name Tim Robbins character. He like yeah. kind of does a Donald Duck voice. Uh, it was on the line. Tim Robbins also apparently had no prior film experience before this, um, and he doesn't look back negatively at the movie. Uh, he was like, "I got a big job. He's paying a decent salary, and it was for George Lucas, so it was a big deal at the time." And then it wound up going over schedule, and I got paid twice for the movie because of all the overtime. <laughs> Robbins admitted that he thinks more about the money that he made rather than the quality of the film. What does Leah say about it? I'm not seeing any Leah Thompson quotes yet. I'm sure I'll get there. And if I don't see any here, then I'm going to have to look because I'm very curious. <laughs> um, a lot of voice actors were auditioned to play Howard including John Cusack, Robin Williams, and Martin Short. Uh, apparently, Robin Williams worked for a week before quitting, stating, quote-unquote, I can't do this. It is insane. I can't get the rhythm of this. I am being confined. I am being handcuffed in order to match the flapping duck's bill. A little bit on the nose, don't you think, Robin? And then the actual voice actor was not cast until the film was editing, so they had to synchronize all of his lines with the existing footage that they were editing, which is insane. Oh, I thought that the voice actor was him in the costume. No. Because isn't the voice actor, like, a little person? Um, I don't... Let me look, let me look him up. Because they, they did, like, a casting stuff for... No, he's, he's not a little person. But they did, um, yeah. For the for the physical role, I think there were there were multiple people, maybe. Um, but one guy, Ed Gale, mostly took over the role from a child actor because he couldn't keep the costume on. Probably, probably he was probably like, the very physically were too demanding. Difficult. And uh, the editors couldn't match. Yeah, this guy. See, I didn't yeah. even look past this. I just thought that was who the voice person was. The also. cast list is a little confusing because it yeah it lists yeah, like Ed several. Gale. Oh, now I'm seeing all the other people. Yeah, it's just like there was so much going on. You know, they they did like the uh, the shooting for like that plane, the ultralight plane, in which. Um, they were actually flying it, <laughs> Gail and Tim Robbins, which is nuts. The guy that voices Admiral Akbar also voiced him at one point. Oh wow, that's pretty wild. The wow Howard was he er must know George. Uh yeah, Howard was intended to be fully CGI. 
How would that have been cheaper than been, doing an animated movie? Also, it's horrible. fucking Disney. Well, no, I guess Disney didn't own no. them by now. It's Universal. Um, they were also like thought about doing like a fully puppeteered version of Howard. <laughs> God, it just seems like such a nightmare. A puppet would have been way better, to be honest. Yeah, I would. I would love to see what that looks like. Okay. Should we get into the movie? Let's get into it. Because, yeah, if you want to know more about this, the Wikipedia article goes on and on. There's just so much background stuff. I thought Blade Trinity was bad. This is a different beast. I was kind of unexpected the being in a duck world, like, at the beginning. Because I, my only understanding of the movie was that he's a duck in a human world. Yeah. But I thought, like, it was always like that. I didn't know he came Me from neither. a duck world. He's, he traveled through the multiverse. Basically. Seriously, I, at one point I was, well, I'll get there, but I was like, we are, this is a, a timely a timely time to be watching this. Is it time to revive it? I think so. I think so. If this version of Howard the Duck is not in Avengers Secret Wars, we're going to have a problem. I could be making this up, but I feel like Seth Green has talked about bringing back Howard the Duck. Well, Seth Green voices him. Oh, okay. That's yeah. why I'm thinking that. Because he voiced him in the bit that he was in in Guardians. Yes. And then okay. he's in What If more and he voiced him there For too. some reason, I was like, why am I associating Seth Green so much with Howard the Duck? I wish Seth Green was just a really now. big fan of the movie. Just, I believe well, that he must I think he be. is also. I bet he is. <laughs> but if he was only a big fan of 1986's Howard the Duck and was just so gung-ho about bringing uh, it back. I honestly would believe that. I mean, now is the time. Now is the time. Um, There were duck boobs. Yes, there were duck boobs. Somebody had to like... In a bathtub. Not only did somebody say, hey, we should have duck boobs... But somebody had to like craft build, them. Yes, they're like, "Hey, make sure you have the nipples the same size." Like, do you think someone said someone that? Someone definitely said that because someone wanted it there, and they were they were not going to take anything less. Do you think that they would have made them lopsided though? I don't know. No, they're These they're good at their jobs. Yes, of course. But uh, pretty incredible that they did that for it to be on screen for five seconds. Also, what's this movie rated, Griff? This was rated PG. And was this after they had created the Steven Spielberg PG-13? It was two years after. Uh, I think I saw that the PG-13 was created for Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, this was two years after. At the time, I guess PG-13 was like, really used for, like, like, scary stuff or violence. And this didn't really meet that criteria. I'm sure that the MPAA did not know what to do with this. It's disturbing. It's, it, there's uh, uh, something. Not necessarily a duck boob, just the movie just in general. general. Yeah, something's going on. <laughs> I don't like it. I <laughs> don't like it. What is it called when you, be, it, there was some, some heavy-handed bestiality. Uh-huh. Yeah. I got, a, I got some questions for the script writers because someone wanted to see Howard and Leah Thompson go at it. And we almost, we were on the precipice of, and that's something that they you can't go They were doing some work on. with some shadow puppets. <laughs> they were, Jesus Christ. Um, in that Wikipedia article, did it ever mention potentially being a musical? 
I didn't see it. Because it felt like we were on the precipice of being a musical. At what point did you really get that vibe? As soon as he landed in Cleveland and we were in the alleyway, I said, one, is this the whiz? <laughs> that was it, actually. There's no other point. I felt like we were watching the whiz or something like that. One, the Well, the whiz came out in like the 70s, I guess. But it just felt very like archaic and like these like big heavy costumes and people like arm in arm walking around (laughs) like with music yes it's just all i mean i get it because yeah every costume and every character is like super over the top it and i mean there was clearly original music written for this because we get a in-universe howard the duck theme song so the thing at the end, yeah, that was incredible. But like, that I, was my second favorite part of the movie. Oh, the, the first minute and the last minute, <laughs> everything in between. No, I pretty agree. much. I agree. Did you not like the end? Oh no, the end was great. I was like, I I am loving that they both the fact that they wrote the song and then the smooth segue into the credits with the song just going. I was like, we should end more movies like this. Um, I said I hope we get no explanation onto why all of this is happening. Much to my chagrin, we did. They they go into the science of why Howard was torn from his reality and placed into Cleveland. It's a laser. It's yeah, it's a giant laser. Always a laser. Yeah, but you know it's fine. I really didn't expect like the cosmic existentialism of in the beginning there was, and then we get our Howard the Duck <laughs> title card. I'm like, what is this implying about the history of the universe? Ducks have been around a long time, Griffin, longer than you. But, well, apparently, but like Howard the Duck is the genesis of life in the universe because that's what it's telling me. I think think you're taking that a little bit too face value. It's what they would have wanted. <laughs> and um, you can't convince me otherwise. Um, I would like to just talk about the writing of the movie. Now, I'm not reading from any Wikipedia article, but this is what I assume the writers decided. Any saying that has man in it will swap out for duck. (laughs) Master of quack foo. Dead duck. Every duck has its limits. Need I go on? (laughs) As soon as he... Is that that's the first thing he says, right? Is I'm a master of quack. I thought it was I'm a dead duck. Oh yeah, I am a dead duck. Like as soon as that happened, I was like, oh god, (laughs) like this is what we're doing here. I feel like everything, everywhere, all at once should have had a duck universe as an homage. Oh my god, that would to Howie. That would have been incredible. I would have gotten rid of the hot dog fingers universe and added ducks. That's blasphemous. Okay. I mean, You're I didn't right. You're personally right. enjoy the hot dog fingers. It really grossed me out. Yeah, we don't need to get rid of it. Everybody else loved it. But I'm very on board with the duck world. Yeah, the quack foo is not to be trifled with. Something I also noticed, like, from the get-go, was the music is, like, so out of place. Like, the this scene in which Howard the Duck is defending... Leah Thompson's character, whose name I've completely forgotten, 
in an alleyway from getting jumped by a bunch toots. of punks. Yeah, effectively toots. And it's playing this music that sounds like it should have been like over like the opening credits from like Indiana Jones or something. It's George Which, Lucas. It's just, it's so sincere. Like the music is so sincere. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Am I supposed to be taking this? Beverly. Like, Beverly. Okay. Yeah, the, the music throughout the entire movie until the Howard the Duck theme song just screamed like, this is a straight up 80s action movie and there's nothing wrong or there's nothing unusual about this. Just accept it. And I'm like, okay, if that's what you want me to do. It is what they want you to do. I, I couldn't do it, though. I tried. It, that's what it, it feels like it's going to be a musical. It's yeah. so dramatic. Yes, it is extremely and dramatic. Ernest. Um, I'm sorry, I just looked at Tim Robbins' uh, IMDb, and known for number three is Howard the Duck. Uh, no. He's never made it Tim. past. Tim, no. Say it ain't so. Um, I mean, I, like, don't know what I know him from, but I know him from stuff. Yeah. He's just one of those people. Just that guy. From Howard the Duck. Um, the... We see, like, Beverly's band. Oh, he was also in Green Lantern. He's the dad. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I think. Tim and Robbins making multiple appearances in the into the Superverse. The club that they're playing at, which has, like, the, the fence over the stage, I swore it was the same one that was in that movie After Hours. Do you remember the scene yeah. that where the guy gets the mohawk? Yes. Yeah. I was like, this looks exactly the same. I don't think it was. Or, I mean, it could have been. I think the one in After Hours, though, was like an actual club in New York. I have a feeling that... What makes that... you think this wasn't an actual club in Cleveland? <laughs> well, I have my doubts on Howard the Duck shooting on location because everything in this felt like a set. It felt very much like a set. But I'm, I'm open to be surprised. <laughs> But, you know, they spent the two mil on the Howard suit. They had to save money somewhere. Okay, this is a real question. So the band is called Cherry Bomb. Cherry Bomb. Is that, did James Gunn include that song in Guardians as a direct reference to Howard the Duck? I hope so. My answer is yes. Like, unequivocally so. I'm actually going to see if he commented on this because James Gunn's like the only person that Should would Should I tweet respond. at him? Yeah. Yeah, please do. If there isn't a response on the internet, I might. I mean, it's a it's a win-win if he if he responds yes or no. If he responds. But it's a very important question. He's tired of all the Guardians volume 3 questions. It's time to ask him something that really matters. He's I think more tired of the DC universe people. Oh, that's for sure. The Superman stands. Absolutely, for sure. And maybe more importantly, or less, why didn't they have the band sing the song Cherry Bomb? I'm assuming they probably couldn't get the... Couldn't afford the rights. Yeah. I think that's probably it. All right. Well, were you able to find a quick answer from no, James? No, Just that right. he, as of 2017, was not planning on directing a remake. Much to... That's very sad. Look out for the tweet. It's, it's time. It's coming. Uh, yeah, I also thought it was funny that, like, I was under the impression that Cherry Bomb was, like, a punk band. The Howard the Duck theme song was not the most punk thing I've ever heard. But I thought it was funny that Beverly was like, yeah, we're playing in, like, these shitty, shitty venues. I'm like, yeah, it's not great, but, like, 
Come on, man. You're a band like that in the 80s. That Every venue is like that. That she's has like, a cage She's like, we're playing these you? grungy mung holes. And maybe in Cleveland. I don't know. The cage thing, I do really wonder, like, how many bars and clubs had that and for how long? And that wasn't for wrestling. What is this, no. Spider-Man? <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, so, like, we really, like, just get right down to business here. Like, we meet... Howard meets Beverly, like, within five minutes of the movie starting. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like, let's let's go. You have to introduce a love interest up front. <sighs> yes. Okay. I guess. Who is Leah's agent? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Was she dating George Lucas or something? What happened? Well, I mean, I guess she was, like... It was on the heels of the first Back to the Future, right? They came They came out in the same year, didn't they? 1986? Did the first Back to the Future come out in 86? Or 85. Remember. It's worse if it came out in 85. <laughs> Let me see. I'm assuming that, like, it hadn't come out at least when this was being filmed. Yeah, Back to the Future is 85, so you're probably right. Or maybe it was, like, there was, there was overlap there. But, I mean, if it's anything like what Tim Robbins said... At the time, you know, regardless of how ridiculous the idea seemed, George Lucas was a hot commodity. So if she was offered that role for like, hey, this is the new George Lucas movie, who wouldn't say yes to that? But like, I mean, God bless Leah Thompson for like <laughs> being able to do this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine trying to like do these scenes with a fucking uh, duck as your scene partner? They're like, all right, Leah, no. No, get on get well, on the bed. I will <laughs> say, at least there was an actual, like, person there as the duck. Yes, that is true. Like, like as, as opposed to, like, a puppet or, or CGI Or maybe thing. it was, it would have been better to have it CGI. <laughs> we'll never know. Like, how does she sleep at night? Does she think about him often? <laughs> I'm sorry, this is so mean to Leah Thompson. But it, that was... It was horrible what they did to her. <laughs> it abs- it's good lord. It just there's so many layers to this movie and they all make me uncomfortable. <laughs> Let me see. There's a Hollywood Reporter article from uh, two years ago talking about Howard the Duck for its 35th anniversary. I guess and also you know it was on the precipice of Howard the Duck being in in What If. So there was there's a bit going on there. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, Leah Thompson was fresh off the biggest hit in 1985. She signed on to star as Beverly Switzler, and it was another universal project, unique, big budget, George Lucas executive producer, so of course she's going to do it. She was 25 at the time. Um, (laughs) she learned fairly quickly during production that the project was in big trouble, uh, but she never imagined that it would be such a deeply loathed calamity. (laughs) Um... The movie holds a dismal 14% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. But that was then. Howard the Duck is more fondly embraced now. I guess so. I mean, people, I think people I, have a soft spot for it out of nostalgia now. Um, but, yeah, it's it's brutal. Apparently, like... It's still, like, a joke. Like, people like it because it's, like, dumb. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, like, she's still the butt of the joke. Yeah, Totally. Yeah, it's 
so Leah Thompson. She did was the like, best she could. She she was like really excited when it got offered to her. She's like, I read all the comic books. Uh, I loved how insane what it was. I loved that I was a girl in love with a duck. <laughs> um, she's like, I got to do the singing, and uh, <laughs> it was great. It looked like she was having fun being in the band. Yeah, and I think she was having. Could have done with some more band drama. Yeah. Honestly, could have just done with like normal drama in Cleveland. And not worried about all this. Yeah. Like, I we didn't need the evil guy from the, you know, Thor the, 2 to come in. Yes. <laughs> also, yes. I would have, if they had just, like, yeah, totally nixed that, maybe if they wanted to, like, do some, like, lip service on, like, how Howard got to Earth, fine. But, like, just, like, make it be a thing where Howard, like, becomes the manager of the band. Instead of Tim Robbins or like something like that. Just maybe he's like, he's really good. He knows how to manage music. He knows how to navigate the music industry. So he helps Cherry Bomb get big. And that's the plot of the movie. That would have been great. And I think there's like a lot of potential for comedy there. But uh, she said about the movie that it wasn't working on the level that it needed to work on. I felt like I was dragging Howard the Duck up a hill by myself with my teeth the whole time. Jokes were not working. Um... We had amazing puppeteers, but they were the ones doing the jokes. She said, I was like, it would be great if you could have an actor doing the lines to keep the ball in the air because she like wasn't doing, she had no back and forth. Right. Because um, the mouth doesn't actually move. And yeah. And she was like, she said she kept saying to the producers, the duck doesn't work. <laughs> like. <laughs> You're right, Leah. It doesn't. It doesn't work. And the guy that played Howard said he watched the first 12 minutes when he was doing his voice recording session at ILM, and he was like, this looks weird. <laughs> he was like, I called my wife and was like, this this technology seems behind the times. But then he was like, I bought into it and totally loved it. It, it seemed like a lot of people had a, a fair amount of doubts, though, while working on it. He was like, I mean, I, I do feel bad for this guy, because he said, like, as it got closer to opening the movie... He's like, no one was calling me, and I didn't get invited to the premiere. Uh, and, yeah, he was just, like, he didn't know, like, how bad the production was because he was kind of, like, on the outside of it. And I was like, damn, that's wild. Did they not do, like, a big premiere? There there was. And he didn't um, get invited? Yeah, which is sad. Yeah, he saw it in New York, like, by himself, which is that's Maybe actually for very the sad. Best. Leah Thompson was there, though. They spent a lot of money on the after party and they had ducks walking around. Wow. Uh, but the guy who played him, when he said he saw the movie, he was like, there were 12 people in the theater. And he was, he was like, a lot of them were young women with babies who came to see a movie about a duck and he was trying to get them to leave. He was like, no, this is not a, this is not a good movie to see for your young children. What other movies were out Around this time, were there any superhero movies? Uh, no, it wasn't. Superman three. I yeah, I guess yeah. The Superman movies. I mean, Batman was like close, but like still not for a couple years. Yeah, that was nineteen ninety. But it didn't, you know, it didn't really have like a framework for people to like understand what it was going to be. I don't think, as far as I know, like the prior Marvel adaptations that were done were like TV movies. Apparently there was like a Doctor Strange TV movie in the 70s. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to that sometime. But, and then like, I think, um, 
yeah, I'm trying to think. Like we the, the movies Nick that Fury we've watched. Movie? Yeah, which is like I think also a TV movie in the '90s. Or maybe maybe not. I feel like it was '90s. But yeah, definitely like yeah, this was not coming out in a time when like superhero movies were a thing. Um, I know we're talking mostly about like the movie as a whole, but there were some specific plot things that I felt like I needed to point out. I didn't take a lot of notes, but these are the ones that I found were most important. Same here. What you got? Dr. Jennings, who like is introduced as like an aside, becomes like a major character, like really weird. Three quarters of the way through the movie. Um, He's very in tune with his body. He's very much like something's wrong. Like this evil thing is in here. They're not listening to him at all. <laughs> he tells them exactly what's going to happen. And then when he is acting like a total different person, they're like, why are you being such a jerk? <laughs> he just told them that something wasn't right. You're so right. This is how women feel when they go to the doctor. Yeah, you're crazy. Maybe you're just imagining it. Maybe you just need some food. That's literally what they said. Maybe no, they say maybe you should lay off the food. Oh, yeah. Because also that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry. This yeah. isn't a political podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, diner with sushi may be the most alarming part of the movie. Do not trust that sushi. I don't... The vibe of that diner was also... It was off. It's not... <laughs> felt racist. I'm like, they're wearing the the poor waitress was wearing like uh like a chef's hat with the rising sun on it. And I'm like, I don't think oh, yeah. I don't think this is right. But you know what? It's so on brand for this movie though. Well, and racist against dogs. Yes, of course. God, they were gonna they were ready to fuck him up. Um, what were some of your important plot notes? Um the the most prevailing theme to me was an unending sense of horniness. That started with the duck boobs, and they just never let off the gas until it became a sci-fi movie. Like, there's a loose, opened condom in... In Howard's wallet. Yeah. Which, I have a lot of problems with that, Howard. One, you're not supposed to keep condoms in your wallet, period, because it can ruin them and make them completely ineffective. And that's oh, if they're... A real PSA coming over. Yes, it is. And that's if it's in this a wrapper. This isn't rapper. a political podcast. <laughs> it's not political. <laughs> but leaving just like a loose one, that's just disgusting, Howard. Also, where's your dick, man? Yeah, we're not even getting into that. But we did get where's into it. Where's your dick, duck? You know? <laughs> that, was a, that was a cut line. Deleted scene. Um, you know, Howard tries to bite the woman's ass that's trying to get him a job immediately also she was she what a great character she had was, the most character of any character also just like so unfazed she's like didn't even register that he's a duck just like i'm going to get you a job she's like you're not gonna be a wealth welfare queen yeah i was like is this those political statements here um and also it, it, yeah it's so true to form he gets a job working at some horrifying hot tub I forgot bar about abomination. That. I forgot about that. I'm like, you would get so many diseases from touching that water. I felt like I picked up a disease watching it's this movie. It's gross. Like, Maybe it's, the bird flu. It's, 
get it because I, I get it. He, it's just it was so gross. It was like so like seedy. It made me feel like we were watching a movie like After Hours, where it's it like did this feel really like seedy, grimy, like. I mean, Cleveland. These people are fucking what in a hot tub. Fuck? Yeah, like, is this really... Can, Cleveland is people. Is this a bathhouse? Yeah, basically. <laughs> I, I just didn't understand what was happening. And, yeah, not even mentioning the, the Leah Thompson stuff later, I was like, are we going to actually have a sex scene in this movie? Well, as soon as he lands in America, he's, like, on a woman's ass. Yes. Yes, that is true. So that's really... Or when he's, like, walking around. Some, he's, like, in an alleyway. Yeah. I I mean... Also, like, I don't know if there's, like, an implication <laughs> that he has, like, animal instincts that take over. That's why he almost, like, bit the lady. But... No. He seems fine otherwise. He's, yeah, I don't... Is he a pervert in Duck World? I think he is. I think he is. I think you're right. Yeah. But I think... Is he our first ever <laughs> on-screen incel? <laughs> Uh, no, he basically no. is. We've definitely watched. No, what's? I feel like we've watched a. a oh, movie I thought you were saying he wasn't an insult. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he is. No, because well, see, he doesn't I don't, know what to do when see, Leah Thompson is it, like, I am into you. He's an incel in Human World. In in Duck World, he is not. I don't think he's just a duck. Yeah. No, I don't think he's gotten. He's not getting any. No, he's like by himself in his apartment That's with true. a loose condom in his wallet. Yes. Well, yeah, okay. And I was also, like, a bit confused because, like, when we first see his apartment, I thought, you know, because he has, like, a framed poster of a band. He was in a band. He was in high school. Yeah. And it didn't go anywhere. Right. I thought at first that he was, like, a successful celebrity. And then I was like, oh, okay. I also thought he was the only duck. So I thought every duck that we saw at the beginning was him. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought, too. Like, he was starring in the Indiana Jones. Yes, uh, that's what I thought as well. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that. You, well, you were saying the first incel. But yes, I, I think you're right. What were you going to say? I thought there was going to, I was trying to think, I thought there was like another like villain in a movie that we talked about and determined that they were an incel. We haven't seen that many movies before this. Period. Like, er, like in (laughs) time. (laughs) No, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like Superman. Yeah. One and two. And they're not they're not doing that. So yeah. I mean I'm on board with that. I'm trying to think if there's been older ones. I don't think so. No. Uh yeah. So uh, we got dangerously close to there being a duck human sex scene, and that's just indicative of this. With mo- peeping toms all over the place, including Tim Robbins, who's also a perv. Yeah, Tim Robbins is he's a problem. I also will say well, he that he turns out kind of cool. Yeah, he makes up for it at the end. He's also acting at two hundred percent energy for the entire movie, which I think is what it needs. Like everyone should he be bringing that some energy. energy yeah. Like just fucking go ape shit. I do feel like this movie took a turn, um, and then I felt like we're in a Power Rangers. Ooh yeah. Thing. Total Power Rangers vibes. Which I, I use that as a touchstone. I feel like when things get too corny and too, um, like, plastic, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Um, it definitely felt like that. And the Dark Overlord stuff was too much, too much for this movie. It was already elevated. 
Like when I think about where this movie ended up. <laughs> We're already up going, suspending our reality a lot. Right. Let's not push it. I actually thought like the design of the Dark Overlord was like cool. I was like just like on a on a base level. I was like, okay, yeah, this thing's like pretty gnarly. And we were getting like a little bit of like men in black style stuff with like it, yeah, it was being inside the t- the mouth tentacle yes. thing. Um the green screen work was garbage. Like it was like sure. rotoscopes on it. I was like, this is looks horrible, but that's it was nineteen eighties. But you know, the scene where Howard the Duck is on the bar beating the shit out of dudes with beer bottles and threatening to give them space rabies, like that. Give me more of that. That's what I wanted yeah, out of this Yeah, I thought that movie. was funny. Like, yeah, I genuinely enjoyed that. And the band being like, no one's paying attention to us because they're watching this duck get in a bar fight. I'm like, that's all we need. Howard's funny. Yes. There I, are some good lines. Yeah, I agree. And I think that the inherent, that that is enough for this movie to have worked. And they didn't need to do right, cosmic let's do horror. Low stakes. Yes, exactly. Low stakes. Low stakes. And instead we have the line... We have no right to tamper with the universe. At which point I was like, I'm waiting for the Kang post-credit scene. Seriously. Because <laughs> that's, that's the level that we're playing at in the Howard the Duck movie is uh, the multiverse. Um, I actually did forget. My genuinely thought was a great part of the movie was the airplane stuff. Yes. Genuinely, that was done well, like low tech but it like worked well and now knowing that they were actually flying it to me that makes it even more fun because that was like that's a serious commitment to that sequence it went on a little too long (laughs) just never never stopped flying but you were like how fucking far away is this place (laughs) um genuinely thought that was great and could have used some more of that hijinks yeah it like I know I was talking about how it was weird that it, the movie was like very sincere and the the plane scene felt like something that could have been in Indiana Jones or something similar. Yeah. But like with enough of a twist where there's a duck it flying. It felt like it, actually the Rocketeer. Yes, it absolutely did feel like the Rocketeer. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, that, that like worked. I was like, this is fun. I, I had no notes because I'd pretty much given up on note taking at that point in the movie. But. Yeah, it just felt like they... I think our bad guy should have just been, like, the scientists. Yeah. Like, us trying to get him to that, you know... They were invading Duck World. Like, the humans were invading Duck World via their laser or something. Or just, like, they didn't want him getting to their, like, technology. Or they were trying to capture him. Yeah. That's all it could have been, is that they were trying to capture him to do experiments on him. And they were trying to get him back to Duck World. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't need a Dark Overlord. They just, like, they did too much. They did too much. I know it's, like, silly to even be criticizing at that level because there's so much, like, global <laughs> things to talk about, but... But, hey, you know, it. every little bit could have helped here. And, you know, if, if any of the cast is listening, because I'm sure they are, yeah, I feel you. bad because they were, like, they were, like, it was, the response was cruel. They were, like, yeah. people just, like, dogpiled and it was, like, really depressing and they were like, yes, the movie sucked. Like, can we move on now? And I like, mean, they wouldn't let them, which that's like every bad movie. It was the 80s. Only like two movies came out a week. Like if one of them bombed. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Right. Like, that's <laughs> all of that's them have to be spent. gold. 
Honestly. Especially, like, a big, like, blockbuster like this. And you know that, like, this was advertised, like, on the pedigree of George Lucas and Universal's recent stuff. People went to this expecting to see another Back to the Future. Yeah, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, like, we're in this, like, era of, like, high adventure, like, quality. There were good movies like this. Like, what was The Goonies? Like, was that in the 80s? like, 87, I think. So, yeah, like, we're in the prime. So, yeah, expectations were and should have been high. And... I, I think if they just, like, managed to find their footing with some of this stuff, like, a little bit easier at the beginning of production, maybe they could have, like, made something better. But, like, it's just, it's just a lot. I'm glad we saw it. Me too. I've been wanting to see it for a long time. I mean, yeah. There's a reason why this came so soon after Endgame. It had to, it had to wait. Yeah. It deserved this place in our canon. You and know, uh, you know we what we started with and where we ended right, and we you know we watched this. We had a long weekend. We we were out in West Virginia for a friend's wedding. It was great. Had to do a six hour drive back. What better way to wind down than to watch Howard the Duck? I called my mom the other day. I told her that we watched this, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I remember seeing that. Like I saw that in theaters." And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Yeah, people saw this in theaters." What did she say? I, did she remember I, like not specifics um feel, any feelings about I, it? I think she was like yeah that was like a really weird movie which i was like yeah um but yeah like imagine like like the guy said like people were going to see this movie because they were probably under the impression it was a children's movie and it very quickly makes it clear that it is not but then again who is it actually for maybe people on like psychedelics yeah i mean there's there's some like high scoring letterbox reviews, but I don't believe any of them. I don't believe it. Well, it's like you know, funny to be like this I love this movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't I think there can be genuine love for it, but I don't think there's like admiration. Mhm. Mhm. That's a good way of putting it. And that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm definitely glad that we watched it and if you like listen to it and you're like morbidly curious, just like throw it on and like get I drunk feel like or something. It would be a really <laughs> fun group movie to like, you know, talk at. Yes. I would love to find a Howard the Duck drinking game and introduce people to it that way. Yeah. Or um, do like Rocky Horror style and have like callback lines. <laughs> All right. Now everybody throw condoms at the screen. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I was going to say we have like a lot more movies in this vein coming up. Not exactly, but, you know, stick around. We've got we got some uh, some other movies We're dipping of, back into the past. And by the past, we mean mid to early 2000s. And if you yeah. <laughs> if you're curious, then, you know, stay tuned because there's some movies in there that 2007 big year. Yeah. And I'm going to say that there's like a couple that have kind of been lost to the, the annals of comic book movie history. And we're going to revive that shit. Maybe one that Josh Brolin would rather not remember as part of his comic book movie career. Also, follow me on Twitter to see if James responds at Killing Me Malls. Yes, please. Like, like you're the tweet. killing me, Malls. You guys get it. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed... And until next time, we We are are 
out, out of the, of the suit. duck verse. Oh shit! Out of the ducky verse. Quack quack. Thanks, ducky. Thanks, toots. <laughs> <laughs>